Amen. Welcome to New Life, each one of you. And this is a very special day. Uh, today is, well, actually tomorrow is, but today is the, the weekend that we're celebrating, our church's 11th anniversary. Uh, yes, amen. It was 11 years ago this evening that we were sweating up a storm trying to, me and, and uh, my family, were sweating up a storm trying to figure out if anybody's going to show up tomorrow or they're not going to show up tomorrow. Think about where you were 11 years ago, and I think, Cindy, you came to the first gathering, and I'm looking to see, so there's several, there, and some of you came shortly after afterwards and have been with us for a long time. So happy birthday to the New Life Church family and New Life, the network of, of churches. We're just super, super excited. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures as I start this message this, this evening. Reading from Colossians chapter three, just gonna read the first two verses. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Lord, thank you for your word. I know it will never ever return void. May it sink deep into the fabric of our being tonight. May we glean understanding and truth as we continue to try to strive to be servants of the Most High. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Extra, extra, read all about it. That's how the newspaper carriers would announce uh, special editions of newspapers. Now, you remember newspapers, those paper things, right? Uh, newspapers. And uh, what, what really would summarize a newspaper would be headlines. So what I want to do is kind of share with you, as I start this off, a couple of headlines. How about this headline? I thought it was kind of funny. Yellow object spotted in sky. I know, crazy, isn't it? It's the sun, right? But nevertheless, but that's a headline, grabs your attention. Or I thought this one was kind of funny. State population to double by 2040. Babies to blame. That was an actual headline. The babies are, okay, well, we're, you guys are going to have to get into this a little bit more because the online campus is listening to your laughter tonight. How about this one? There's two headlines. Uh, we didn't get it all on there. I'm going to have to read to you the top headline because it's not fitting on there. The top headline says, uh, i got to put my glasses on for this. It actually says, man falls from hotel balcony. And then the headline underneath it says, good day to... Yeah, that's good. Good day to end up in the pool. Those are actually two separate headlines on the same front page of an actual newspaper. Headlines grab our attention. Headlines are supposed to tell the story before the story is told in detail. Many people are headline readers. Many people are detail readers. Oftentimes, it's uh, and uh, uh, books will tell us that men are headlines and women's are, women are more the details. And it could be inverted in relationships that you have. But typically, headlines are the ones that grab the attention. If the headline doesn't grab your attention, you're likely not going to read read the story. Some headlines remind us of difficult things. Uh, we might recall this headline: the Titanic sinks, fifteen hundred people die. It was a terrible headline. Uh, or how about this headline? It's just a culmination of headlines. You remember this. Coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are, are dead. And these headlines over the past few years, it seems like our world has been dominated by negative headlines. 
In fact, I wrote a book about that. I pledge allegiance, and, and it kind of talked about uh, some of the negative headlines that culture has experienced over the last the last couple of years. And a negative headline makes you feel just that. It makes you feel extremely, extremely negative. And that's why today I want us to learn how to write our own headlines. It's all about faith today. Those of you in Modesto watching, just say that word. Say the word faith. I want to be able to, by the way, you see that camera above the screen that I'm on? Yeah, I can see you now as much as you. Yeah, I'm watching you. I can see you as much as you can see me. Well, I will anyway after I get the app on my phone. But next week, I'll be able to see you as much as you you can see me because I want to interact with you just a little bit as you're there. Okay, we're dealing with the subject of faith. Because here's the theme, here is the big idea, the main thought that I want you to capture tonight. We can't always change our circumstances, but you can definitely change your perspective. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. There's a lot of hard stuff. Many of you dealing with some hard stuff, came in here with some hard stuff tonight in your mind, and you're dealing with difficult stuff, whether it be family, whether it be, at, whether it be in your home, or whether it be at your workplace, or dealing with neighbors, it, there's difficulties in life. And you can't always change what's going on, but the good news is, with God's help, we can change our perspective. A couple of biblical examples, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. From the Old Testament, Moses was getting ready to take the children of Israel after the long stint of 40 years wandering in the wilderness, after they escaped the bondage of Egypt in captivity and slavery. And they're finally standing on the cusp of entering into this land that God had promised to them, called the promised land. And what he wants to do is he wants to find out this land, the land of Canaan, the land God promised to us what's it like so he sent out a couple of groups to survey the land he wanted them to find out things like what's the soil like they wanted they have to be able to plant and have good agricultural results what what are the conditions like what what are the people that live there like are there a lot of them are they are they fighting people are they not fighting people are there few of them are they strong are they weak he wanted to know all of the answers and so (coughs) excuse me he sent out two different groups of people group number one Completely different people and totally different headlines. Group number one, um, the first group of spies went out with what we would call a negative perspective. And some of you understand that because that's where you're living right now. And you need to be delivered from that. A negative perspective. And when they came back, according to Numbers chapter 13, they said the land that we explored, the land devours those living in it. They were scared. They went on to say, all the peoples we saw there, they're of great size. They're they're giants. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes, is what they said. In other words, the land eats people. Their headline might have read something like this, danger lurks, the land devours the living. That would have been the headline from the first group. But the second group, it composed of two people, Joshua and Caleb. And they flipped the script. They had a very positive perspective when they went out. They, they, they came back, but their headline would have read differently. It would have said, God is with us, and the land is rich with blessings for all. Same exact people, same exact uh, culture, same exact group, same exact, thank you, land that they went to. Two totally different, pers- what is your perspective on your circumstances? Are you choosing uh, to have the positive perspective or the negative perspective? Because here's what I know. Had Moses listened to the first group, 
the group of eight spies that, were, that went out there? Had he listened to those 10 spies that, that, that had gone out and they brought back the negative perspective, they never would have gone into the promise. Could it be that your negative headlines are keeping you from God's best in your life? But Moses, Moses, he went with Joshua and Caleb's headline instead. And because of that, they had faith and they moved forward and they entered into the promised land. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. Somebody say amen. You can change your perspective. How about Paul in the New Testament? Paul was a Christian hater but he became a Jesus proclaimer. In fact, he planted most of the churches in the New Testament and he trained countless numbers of Christian, Christian leaders. And Paul just knew if he could ever preach in the city, in the region of Rome, if he could ever preach in Rome, he knew in that city at that point was the most strategic city in the world that he could transform those leaders and the gospel would spread all over the world. He knew that if he was able to get there, his strategy was, if I can get to Rome, if I can just get to Rome, preach the gospel, people are gonna get saved and lives are gonna be transformed. Some of you have a plan in your life and you're wrong. Paul was wrong. He was convinced this is the best strategy, but he was wrong. So God let him go down a different path, a path of pain instead of a, a path of proclamation like he thought it was gonna be. So he's begging God, I wanna go to Rome. I wanna go to Rome to preach. I wanna go to, but he didn't get to go to Rome to preach. That wasn't God's strategy. Instead, the Roman government arrested Paul and they beat him senseless and they took him forcefully to Rome. But instead of taking him to Rome to be able to teach and preach the leaders of the then largest, most strategic, most powerful city in the world, he found himself in prison. He was in prison. And when he was in prison, they chained him up. They chained him up to a guard. After they beat him senseless, they wanted to make sure that he wasn't gonna go anywhere. So they wrapped chains around him and they wrapped chains around the guard. And he found himself in this most, this is as bad as it gets. He's in the most difficult of positions. He's been beaten, he's imprisoned, and now he's waiting on a decision. What decision is he waiting on? Are they gonna cut my head off or not? Because that's what they're deliberating about. The leaders in Rome are trying to decide, are we gonna cut the head of Paul off or not? So all of this anxiety and stress, all he wanted to do was go to Rome to preach the good news to the leaders of the then, at that time, the most powerful city in the world. So what would the headlines have read? Well, I thought about this. Now I thought, here's a few examples. Apostle Paul awaits likely execution. Christianity is doomed. Yeah, that's a possible headline of the day. How about this one? Apostle Paul, wrongly imprisoned, sues Roman government for tens of millions of dollars. That sounds like one we'd read today, doesn't it? How about this one? Seven reasons why Christianity will die by the end of the first century. That sounds like a headline we might even read today. Or I came up with this one. I thought, for those of you that are in the podcast, you might get this. The rise and fall of the Apostle Paul. Maybe you've read The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill and you understand what I'm talking about. These might be headlines, but the common denominator of these headlines is the same. 
These would be headlines that somebody else wrote about Paul's life. And I guarantee you, somebody else is writing a headline about your life as well. Somebody else is labeling you, writing something that they would say in a judgmental fashion, a a declaration over you, a curse, if you will. There are always people that are trying to write your headlines. There are always people, family members or coworkers, people that don't appreciate you, people that saw you when you were younger but they have no idea who you are now and they don't know the transformation that you've gone through in your life. This, this question, this is what I have. What headline though would Paul have written about his own life at that time? What headline would he have written about his own, what headline would you write about your own life? Because you may not be able to change what you're facing. You might not be able to change your circumstances, but you can change how you look at what you're facing. You can change your perspective, your life, your ministry, your family, your children, your marriage, your health. It's not determined by somebody else. Somebody else cannot write the headlines of your life, and Paul knew that. And he didn't buy into the negative headlines. He's facing the most horrible situation in his life. The most horrible situation that we can imagine. He's locked up, he's chained inside the prison to a Roman guard waiting on the government to decide are they gonna chop my head off or not. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, Paul does something miraculous. Paul changes his Headline. Let's flip back just a couple of pages to Philippians. Philippians chapter 12. This is the actual situation. Check it out. Chapter, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 12 uh, through verse number 14. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. You know, there's another word we could put in there instead of the word really. I want you to know that what has happened to me has has actually served to advance the gospel. It may look like I'm in trouble, but actually I'm not in trouble because he's flipping the, it may look like you are in trouble, but actually my God is greater than all my problems and all my struggles in my life. It may look like I am, I am a, a poor, but I'm actually just temporarily broke because my God shall supply all my needs, right? It may, it may look like I'm down and I, and I'm, I'm forgotten about and I'm abandoned, I'm, I'm alone, but actually my God promised to never leave me nor forsake me and he shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Actually, Paul is saying, you think this, but actually that, verse number 13, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. That I am in chains for Christ. Christ, I may have been sentenced here by Rome, but but I'm put here for Christ. Uh, He flipped the script on everything. It may look like I'm in trouble here. It may look like my strategy that I had is not being fulfilled by God because I know that he called me to go to Rome. It may look like it's a failure in your life, but actually I'm put here on purpose 
for God. I'm locked up to this guy and I get to preach to him all day, every day. And my faith is building up other people's faith. That's what Paul is trying to communicate to us here. What it looks like is a negative headline. But, but, but he's saying, ah, I'm gonna write my own headline and I think if Paul was to write his own headline at this point in his story, it would say this. Roman plan backfires. Paul preaches to a captive audience, right? <laughs> in other words, hey, they just thought I was their prisoner. They thought I was locked up to them. But the truth is, they're locked up to me. And they get to hear my best 14 sermons for eight hours a day because I'm preaching to a captive audience. Paul didn't buy into the negative headlines that other people were drafting. And with God's help, he wrote his own, he wrote his own headlines. And you can do the very same thing. No, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it may look like, no matter what you're facing, no matter the level of fear and anxiety that you're struggling with, it doesn't, no matter how life feels, you can overcome this. You can't control your circumstances. You can't control how life unfolds, but you can change your perspective. You can write your own Headlines. Now, we don't want to be responsible for belittling people's challenges that they face because life just sucks sometimes. Life is just difficult sometimes. It, it feels like you're, you're treading water when you're trying to make progress. I, I understand. But, but with those real challenges come some real opportunities as well. So you can buy in to the devil's headlines which screams out there is no hope for you and you will never get through this and you will never heal and you'll never have a good relationship and you'll always be alone and you will always struggle financially and you'll never be close to God. Or you can change your perspective and say, my God is always with me. My God is always for me. Even though I don't like what I'm seeing right now, I know my God is working in me and he is working through me and he is working on my behalf. It may look like I'm chained up, but actually, but actually, the reality is I'm gonna see life through the lens of Jesus Christ. Because I've been raised with Christ, I choose to set my mind on things above and not on things below. So what's your headline? You can't always change the diagnosis. Haven't had the greatest of relationship with my father, but I did discover this week that his Cancer is spread to every bone in his body. You can't always change the diagnosis. You can't always fix relationships on your own. You can't always make a child come back to Jesus. You can't always rebuild your faith in just the snap of your fingers. It's, it's gonna take some time when you've been let down and hurt you can't always heal from abuse or betrayal overnight. 
You, you might not be able to change what's going on. You can't change what's happened. To, you can't change what, what took place out there. But you can change what's going on in here. You can't always change your circumstances. But you can change your perspective. And so it was with the Apostle Paul. And he said this, and I just love, love this. And you can see him acknowledging really what's real in his life, but he's, but he's also acknowledging in the, in the middle of, of the trials and tribulations that he's experiencing. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. We're not alone. Struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, what he's saying is, if you're not dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, you're not done. It may feel bad right now, but it's not gonna last. And then he goes on to say in verses 16 through 18, therefore, we, 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 Modesto, that's us, online, that's us, Lathrop, that's us, we, we, the family of God, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentarily, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fix, we fix our eyes on, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, it's eternal. No matter what you're facing, set your mind on things above. Fix your eyes on the unseen. Because I promise you this, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, is working on your behalf. He is ever present. He is right here, right in the middle of all your feelings, of all your struggles, of all your hurt, and all your pain. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for those who are battling with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or dealing with incredibly difficult people or afraid of a job situation. Maybe they're trying to hang in there financially. Whatever it is, mighty God, I pray that we would see you in the middle of it, that in our trials, Jesus, you would teach us to depend upon you. We need you. Can somebody say that in Modesto? We need you say it in Lathrop we need you God we need you and as you keep praying maybe your headline reads something like this man does stupid thing woman finds herself in bad situation teenager runs far from God marriage coming to an end maybe those are the headlines that read over your life right now, but whatever your negative headline might be, 
I believe that in the presence of God, he can change it in just a moment to man finds forgiveness from God, to woman born into the family of God, to teenager set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, and to couple that finds new hope in Jesus. So let God change your headline. Let God change your headline. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Does anybody here, anybody in Modesto, anybody online need God's help to change your headline, to change your perspective? Come on now, we all have times in our lives where it's so dark, it's so difficult, it's so dry, it feels so barren, it's so difficult that we need help. God is our help. And he's saying to you, you don't have to live under the weight of that headline anymore. Have faith and trust in me. I'm gonna say it again. Does anybody need help from God to change your headline? Come on now, lift your hand to the Lord and say, God, I need your help tonight. God, I need your help tonight. Help me to change my perspective. Might not change my circumstances as desperately as I want you to change what's going on in inside of me and around me. Lord, I pray that you change my perspective and let me see you right here, right now, in the middle of what's going on. Let me experience your grace and be renewed in my mind every single day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep your heads heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. For those of you, maybe you don't know where you stand with God. Maybe you feel far from God tonight. Maybe you feel incredibly ashamed of something, something that you did wrong. Maybe your sins have caught up with you. Maybe you were a church person, but but you feel far from God. Maybe you're not a church person at all, but you feel something drawing you closer to God. Let me tell you what the headline is. Take a look right now. The headline is this. God loves you. This is the headline over your life. God loves you. He'll never stop loving you. You can't mess up enough. You can't run far enough. God loves you. So I got to wonder if there's somebody, one of the campuses or online, you find yourself listening tonight and you're having a hard time believing that headline. God loves you. And he'll never stop chasing you. And hopefully you come to this beautiful collision tonight with the grace of God. Understand this. He wants to be in relationship with you. And the only way you enter into relationship with God is by answering his call. The, 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 the proverbial telephone is ringing. Will you take the call? Will you begin to talk with him? Will you begin to enter into relationship with him? And will you confess to him, I've made mistakes, I've messed up, I've deliberately and willfully disobeyed you. I am so, so very sorry. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed one last time before Pastor Trinity comes, isn't it time to give your life to Jesus and be all in? Give it to him once and for all. Just pray this prayer with me right now where you're at, but mean it. Oh, mean it in your heart. Mighty God, please, please, I am so desperate. Forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. I have messed up. 
so sorry. I turn away from those things. I ask for your forgiveness, Jesus. Come into my life. Make me new. Help me not to go back to that cesspool way of living anymore. I ask for your grace and I need your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.